Hello, PolyAm fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Welcome, PolyM fam. We are here in our new office for hopefully better recording. Uh, one Suda and Bella, and we have a special guest, JJ. Yay! So, here we are. Super excited that we've got this new space set up. Hopefully it'll be a little less echoey. Um, it is brand new, so we're going to get some soundproofing going on, so bear with us as we adjust. And I'm really excited for our special friend, out-of-town guest, Miss JJ. <laughs> Hello, happy to be here. So I was curious, as this comes up, I think fairly often in the poly world, um, how do you handle medical issues or mental health issues that come up between partners or yourself and then struggling with connecting with those existing partners? Um, I'm going to ask you, JJ, what's your experience with this? Well, I know that for me personally, the most important thing that I have done regarding being more on the level is first thing I started with was, you know, seeing my provider and talking to my doctor and, you know, getting their lead on everything. And for me, anti-anxieties work particularly well. And with everything else that's kind of going on, I have struggled with kind of being closed off from myself, being closed off from my husband, being closed off from my boyfriend, and you know, people who I may or may not now have a relationship with just because I tend to isolate and it's it's hard for me to open up to people whenever I'm sick or whenever I'm struggling with something because I want other people to be happy and I want to help them. But I really, really suck at asking for help. I hear that. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely noticed, even in our conversations, I can tell when you're struggling or having a hard time because the messages go down or they're less frequent. And I'm like, she's either studying for her master's or dealing with the kiddos <laughs> or she's got her medical stuff going on. Maybe I should reach out today. <laughs> and I, I, I love getting messages from my friends and you know, people that are important to me like you too. And... Because I always think, oh, I should text this person, and I should do this, and then I get sidetracked by other things, and then that's normal life stuff, but whenever I get, I, I call it my black dog <laughs> for anxiety and the banshee, or, or sorry, black dog for the depression and the banshee for the anxiety bit, and they're both kind of uh, always in my head right now, yeah. going through this whole process that I'm working on. Yes, hello, Loki. For those who don't know, we've got a... Miniature dachshund who happens to be black and his name is Loki and he's hanging out on the couch with JJ today. Just, just kind of doing his thing. You know? no, no, no. Okay, get on the button. Doing his weird thing. As, as lap dogs do. So I get where you're coming from. You're talking about this from uh, both a mental health and a physical health situation. Yes. I, as you know, and you've known for years, I go through my own mental health things and and that's exactly what I do. I don't want to burden other people. I don't want to drag people down. So I'm perfectly fine isolating and shutting down and withdrawing. 
And I know that my personal experience is the people that I am close with are like, hey, asshole. <laughs> right? And I know that you've done that a couple of times. And you're like, really? Come on. Well, see, I'm on the opposite end of things where, I mean, I have the typical anxiety type stuff, or I might get sad for a day or two, but I'm not really depressed. Um, however, when my partner or my friends are struggling, I'm a fixer, right? I want mm-hmm. I want to make it all better. Just tell me what to do so I can make it better. And when you don't know what to do, because you don't even know what's necessarily wrong with you. You just know that you're down. Um, it not only frustrates you, but then it frustrates me because I don't get that answer. I can't fix it for you. I want to help. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, that's definitely me. And whenever the tables are turned, I feel completely useless and burdensome. And I am overwhelmed with this, this, this vibrant, horrendous set of emotions that do nothing but shriek at me. It's so very hard to keep your head above water. Right. So in this current walk of life that you were going through, do you care to share any information about what season, what you're going through? Yeah, of course, you just totally don't have to. Yeah. It's definitely right now winter. It's definitely <laughs> a, a winter sort of thing. Like, winter is coming. Winter is coming. Winter has arrived. <laughs> it's an ugly bitch. <laughs> it's definitely a winter sort of feeling just because it's beginning of this particular process for me yeah and i've never i've never been in a situation where i haven't been healthy i've never had the nagging sort of doubts of not understanding if i'm going to be able to continue to care for myself just as on on a day-to-day level as a person and I'm now faced with the very real reality that I'm a baby, that I'm, I might have some of my own vitality taken from me by, no, against my will. Nothing in your control. Nothing in my control. I can do it, I can ask for it, and it's there's nothing I can do, and I feel helpless. So how do you take that to your partners? How well, do you have that conversation? Luckily, my, my two primary partners live with me. Right. <laughs> and they're able to see me on a daily, you know, going through times whenever I am on top of the world. And I'm like, yeah, I can do this. I've got this. This is no problem. And whenever I'm feeling particularly shitty, they're like, oh, okay, so this is a problem. Okay. Right. So it's with those two, it's easy because they see it every day. And then, you know, even re- trying to reach out to you sometimes is like, I don't I don't want to just offload because it's all just word vomit. Right. Sometimes that word vomit is essential. And you know that you vomit. can always word vomit. But... And not just a shirt! Okay. It really does! <laughs> so, well, there's a reason, because it's an exorcist shirt, and she spit How vomit. How very fitting! <laughs> For those who can't see, it's neon green with splotches of purple, and it's got an image of the original exorcist floating above her bed. Done up like, you know, Dick and Jane books. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, it's good times. So, and I know that there have been times, uh, with a lot of the stuff that I've gone through in the last couple of years, where I've actually completely word vomited all over your phone. I mean, That's sometimes gross. it's it's not bad. It sounds worse than it is. Yeah, it sounds messy. But sometimes that's just actually what you need. And it's really nice to be able to have someone there that that can accept that and that 
that can be there. And that isn't a partner. Yeah. Sometimes. Because you, all of us, I think we all lean on our partners so much, sometimes maybe too much. And while they all want to be loving and supporting, it can be a lot. It can be overwhelming. Yeah. Absolutely. So having that, that friendship outlet Helps. outside of your dynamics. Yeah, it takes a little bit of pressure off your partners. Sometimes they're able to come at it with fresh eyes or, or a different idea that maybe you know nobody in your colleagues will have thought about or you know an avenue that you hadn't thought to explore. And that's helpful. It really, really is. Yeah. yeah. Like doing this, I had no idea that this was going to happen when we just swung by. But <laughs> come on over and join us on the podcast. <laughs> Zero peer pressure. <laughs> chance to test the acoustics. Yeah. Which I think is already working pretty well. So, okay. Uh, Did you have more? Did you have more questions? Possibly. They'll probably come up as uh, you're in the middle of a sentence. Well, then I'll let you go because I don't want to be in the middle of a sentence. No, I don't have anything right now. You'll be in the middle of the sentence when brilliance is sparked in my brain. That's usually the way that goes. Like every day. It's not sparked until you speak. I see. I'm your muse. You're my trigger. <laughs> I'm your trigger. I trigger half you. Does, half a dozen in one and six in the other. It's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and it was something I was thinking is like you were talking about uh, having the friend outside the situation brings fresh eyes. And I think that it, my opinion is that it goes along with the idea that your two nesting partners. It's an everyday thing. Like they wake up, they work through in the day, you're working through the day, and it's kind of become a routine sort of thing. And then like the times that you reach out to me or to Bella, uh, I'll speak for me here. When you reach out to me and you're telling me this new development in your, your new medical journey that you're taking, whether I'm helpful or not, like the information I'm suddenly given is is something that I, in the moment, have to process and in the moment have to, you know, give some weight on and think about. And then so my responses are kind of like a snap response. Mm-hmm. And that makes perfect sense. Right. And that's, I think, maybe the idea behind going to someone outside of your nesting partner. Because as you've grown to adjust to it over the days and the weeks and the months, Maybe these are the things that you don't think about, or maybe these are the things that, um, whatever, uh, whatever the situation is, is that that fresh set of eyes is is really what's saying, oh hey, right? Maybe you didn't think of this because you're dealing with it every day. The part I was gonna say the partners are so immersed in it, they don't see those snap pictures. Yeah, you kind of like can't see the first one. Right, right. Exactly. They're living in it, they're seeing it, they're stewing on it because mm-hmm. they are so deep in it. I mean, I know I was there a few times with you dealing with some of your mental health issues. You gotta say who the you is. Oh, yeah, you. Can't. You, <laughs> me. Mansuda, me. Joshua, um, my nesting partner. <laughs> Anytime you, oh, 5,000 steps, my bit. Fitbit is vibrating. <laughs> Anytime you've gone through some issues of your own. Was that your spark of genius right there? Oh, it might have been. I needed you to speak. And my wrist to wave. And then I hit 5,000. Over 5,000. 
So I know that I've, you know, instead of wanting to speak up right away, I'll sit on things and you're struggling and I'm trying to support and I'm being there for you, but I'm processing along with you versus just having that, that quick outside opinion slash viewpoint, um, that might be more helpful than the tiptoed around thought. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and I've noticed that in when we're dealing with our day-to-day things, and and I think that you've done phenomenally well, considering um, two years ago when we started dating, we, this was not even a thought process, right. that, everything that we've gone through. Well, do you, I don't know if our audience knows what you struggle with. Do you want to share your struggles? I have 382 multiple personalities. <laughs> Some days, some days. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Yeah. So, so I have bipolar two is the main the main diagnosis thing that uh, my shrink gave me, and I have ADHD and a couple other things not important. The bipolar two is the thing that I struggle with the most, the thing that I wrestle with the most, the thing that I'm trying the hardest to get under control. And I, being paranoid, which was that clinical diagnosis by him as well that I don't want the medication. Now, disclaimer, first off, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not given any kind of medical advice. So no, if you're like, oh, I have bipolar. No, 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 I didn't say that. I said I personally refuse to take medication. Whereas JJ likes, she benefits from her anxiety meds. Right. Very much so. I've tried medication, and I might have got the wrong doses, dosage or the wrong type or what have you. But I didn't like it. I felt like a prisoner inside my own mind, and I was looking out through the bars of my eyes, and so I would just rather avoid that. I personally have found that uh, extra doses of vitamin B and vitamin D have helped me personally. Yeah. Don't know how they're going to do anyone else. I love my vitamin D. I yeah. take I take four four thousand IU's a day, Ooh, and it that's helps. That's pretty good. I it usually do one so or two much. extra. No. <laughs> my, my doctor had me on 50,000 IUs a oh. day for 10 weeks because my vitamin D levels were low. Need to boost those up a little bit. <laughs> that's that's no. actually what I ended up doing uh, a few years back when I first started figuring out that there was actually something wrong. I went in to get a physical, and my doctor's like, whoa, man, <laughs> you need this, and gave me all that thousands of mm-hmm. IU. And... Immediately after just a couple of days, I was feeling a change. It, it really does help, especially living up here in the Pacific Northwest, because mm. it's kind of damp and dark. <laughs> right. So I, I run Bipolar 2. I work very diligently at uh, cognitive behavior therapy. Uh, I try to just be extra mindful of my thought process sometimes as you see mm-hmm. it gets over you. We do so. we do a lot of thought work, but you're you're pretty on top of and aware of your misturns. Right. And I work really hard to correct them. It's not easy and it's taken a couple of years of training. Right. But it's starting to work pretty well. And uh, but extreme life situations are a big trigger. For me, not being able to keep the reins on my monster. Right. Right. So, 
the last couple of years going through a lot of big life changes, and that was a lot of triggers. Yeah. Which meant I was letting the monster lose a lot more than I should. Which I got to witness through these last couple of years. What can I say except you're welcome? welcome. I love Moana. We're going to get sued for that one. <laughs> I think it was under six seconds. So I think we're but yeah, so as a partner to someone who struggles with, I mean, any sort of medical um, issue or mental health, it, it's a struggle to come from the supportive side when all you want to do is take your partner and shake them and be like, just... Let me love you, and... <laughs> oh, don't say it that way. I've heard that already. <laughs> the wrong person. Take, take my support. Um, but you have to be patient. It, it's going to be okay. It's, I, I get so frustrated being told, it's going to be okay, or, you know, you're overthinking this, or, you know, there's, a, oh, I hate, there's nothing to worry about. I hate... Logically, you know all these things. Oh, yeah, logically, you know these things, but... The bitch who has the bullhorn is a logical brain. <laughs> just not. Right. Sometimes you just need somebody to be like, it's okay. I know it sucks. Yeah. I will hold this space with you and cry and it sucks. It we'll does, get through it. It does, it does really suck. And, you know, thankfully I have a couple of people in my life who are super supportive and who are more than aware of everything that's going on and they're like, yeah, don't, don't, don't freak out about it. It's going to be okay. And then there's other people who, you know, treat you like you have leprosy. Oh, yeah, there's that one. So a couple of years back, we're going to keep talking about the medical <laughs> stuff. I actually almost developed a little bit of a complex because... <laughs> In one of our groups, there was a discussion about well, how do you how do you deal with dating when it comes to mental health issues? Mm-hmm. I think I remember. And it was a super long thread, and there was a lot of good input, there was a little bit of bad input, and the one thing specifically that got me. I'm going to rest of your life. What was that? Hi, Loki. The butt. Fooled you, buddy. So <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that got to me. And it stuck with me, and some days it still does, is I have not always been public with my bipolar. Now I'm just as public as I can get because education is important. But at that time, two-ish years ago, there was someone that was like, I could never date someone with bipolar disorder. And it was on a thread on all sorts of mental illness stuff. And this person just got on there and was like, I could never date someone with bipolar. Right. And that stuck with me pretty hard because already, you know, I'm going through my overthinking. I'm already going through my guilt. I'm already going through my, my burden issues. Your paranoia. My paranoia. And then there's someone that's like, oh, these people are lepers. These people are unfit to date. And that was really hard to read, even though at the time I was married and you mm-hmm. were my new partner. Um, so, so for a bit, I was like, Geez, you know, is bipolar really that bad? Maybe I should become a hermit <laughs> and just disappear. And and that that took a while to get over. And it took a while for me to be able to say, look, it's not they're not dating the disease. They're not dating the mental health issue or the physical health issue. You're dating the person. And and you can either say you're unfit to date. Or you can try to be supportive. 
Like, now, if someone says you're unfit to date, that's not a reflection of you and your bipolar or you and your cancer or you and whatever it is that you've got that the doctors have told you about or that you've learned mm-hmm. about. It's a reflection of what they're willing to deal with. Right. Which also isn't a bad thing. Yeah. They've set their boundaries, what they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly acceptable. Right. Yeah. Everybody 100%. everybody has their their limit to what they can deal with. Everybody has their own trials and tribulations and, and what they're comfortable with. And that's yeah. that's not anything it's not necessarily a good or a bad thing, it just is a it's a thing. Right. How you react to what they do is a reflection more on you than their initial inflammatory statements. Right. And that that was a tough thing for me to process through and to learn to be okay with. Right. So I totally get where you're coming from when you're like, I feel like this ostracized being. Yeah. Well, that's like we were talking the other day um, when my amazing and wonderful meta, Miss Peachy, was in town. Um, you and I were talking about how she's so strong doing what she does. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a full-time caregiver to her husband. And I just, you know, I I respect so much of what she does because it takes such strength. Not everyone can do that. Mm-hmm. So we, we were just talking about this situation the other day. Right. And she knows her boundary, whereas I don't know if I could do it. You know, the, I've never been presented with that situation, but that would be a, an internal reflection of my boundaries and what I could and could not handle. Mm-hmm. Um, just because one person does it doesn't mean everybody does. Yes. And I think the most important takeaway from that is being honest with not only yourself, but also the people that you're involved with on whatever level you're involved with them. Be it friends, be it intimates, be it friends with benefits, be it right. domestic partners. You know, be honest about what you can and can't cope with. And that's something that I'm struggling with right now because with this particular diagnosis that I'm facing down, it just turned everything upside down. And so I have to go back and try and put things back on the shelf where they should be, but right. they're not anymore. And I'm trying to find out if there's still room for them and this other thing. Yeah. So it's, it's a fucking struggle. Yeah. Right. Well, that was a fantastic point, and that's something that I don't think we addressed at all at this point, mm-hmm. is your time management. Now, you're talking about having two nesting partners. <clears throat> you and I have talked a bit, and I don't want to divulge anything that you haven't offered, but there have been other people, or currently are other people, mm-hmm. and so you have all these people in your life, mm-hmm. and I think earlier you said you were normal. Yes. Okay. So you know, two entire people. Right. So you're a parent, you're a partner to multiple people, you have other people in your life in a partner capacity that are not your nesting partner, I guess would be more accurate. Working Working on her master's program. Working on your master's degree. So you already have such a, a busy schedule and now all of this extra medical diagnosis comes in. And how does that work with everything? Like, that's got to be one of the one of the most difficult in my mind because I'm terrible at scheduling. One of the most difficult things in my mind is okay. Now this is my full life load mm-hmm. between partners and work and school and whatever. Oh, by the way, just because you don't have enough, here have another. Let's throw ride. all of this on you. Where do you find the like, mental capacity just to process the information? Um. It's crazy. I, I do. I go to therapy, and it helps a lot. 
not gonna lie, that's like mental house thing is yeah. the greatest feeling ever. And again, you know, it works for me, and I know that it doesn't work for everybody, and that's perfectly acceptable. And for me, right now, because it's like, it's sort of like being not necessarily almost finished with the puzzle, but having all of the pieces, and you've got the borders worked out, you've got this piece over here that's all done up, you've got this piece down here, and then someone comes over and just upends your table, and you have to do it all over again. Don't fuck up my puzzle! <laughs> yeah, I do like that. No! <laughs> so now I have to kind of figure out a where my borders are, and that's the most important thing because you know my, my husband said it's perfectly okay to be greeting with your time right now because at this point in time you don't know exactly what's going on. You've got this, 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 and this symptoms, and that's okay. But they make you tired. They make you sleep, oh. and it's okay that you nap. You know, I get up in the morning with my kids. I go back to bed for two hours yeah. after they get on the bus, and you know what? I don't even feel sorry about it. And no. <laughs> you shouldn't. I don't feel sorry about it. And your husband, first off, is a very fantastic human being. I absolutely love your husband. I love my husband. He is and just the second, he's a hundred percent right. Like this is a time where it's important for you to allow yourself to accept you. And be there for you. That's not fair. Because you've always been there for me. like So I know you're there for tons of other people. <laughs> so now the most important one is sitting right here on our guest couch. <laughs> I am Simper Gumby. Well, we are always flexible. Well, I think yeah. that, that, you know. that brought very dirty images to my mind. I know. Just FYI. You're welcome. <laughs> Lexi JJ. Lexi Gumby. <laughs> Especially toward the end, because <laughs> like, I have something to say, say and I say it there. Like, It's a 
quite another to get the diagnosis. And mm -hmm. and the waiting for the confirmation just makes you want to peel your skin off. Oh, Waiting's yeah. awful. Well, and the hope would be that these are, which I assume they are, knowing you, <laughs> decent you. human beings that are going to be understanding as much as it may hurt and suck. Um, they're going to see the big picture and be understanding and know what you have on your plate. Um, and know that you wouldn't maliciously be like, hey, let's get together. Just kidding. Let's get together. No. like I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Right. And I know that both of them have you know, certain levels of, of trust issues, mm. and that's perfectly understandable. And I, and I don't want to tell them because you know, there's feels involved. Right. And I don't want to tell them, okay, guys, yeah, that was great, but... But on the other hand, it's like, look, this is what's happening right now. Like, it's a lot. And I know that you both want me to be there for, you know, you know or in your life in a larger capacity. And I would love to, but right now I am having a hard time every day just getting up and making sure that I get my basic shit done. All right. So this has nothing to do with medical, but how long have you guys known each other? This is JJ and Monsuda. Oh, Almost six years since this group years. started. Okay, so talking about, like, the ebb and flow of relationships and stuff. Mm -hmm. There have been times over those six years where you may have needed her more. Oh, and absolutely. you leaned on her more. Oh, yeah. And then there were times where things kind of fizzled for a little bit and you sure. guys got a little silent. And then times like now have kicked up where it's like maybe she's leaning on you a little bit more. It happens. Well, I texted more she did. <laughs> I made entirely out of adamantine. Thank you very much. <laughs> But it, relationships, even friendships, ebb and flow, and life happens. It does. And just because you have to kind of put a pause and stick a pin in it for right now because life is a bitch, mm -hmm. doesn't mean that that pin can't come out later. That's true. And I think that once I get, once I get to a point where we know exactly what is going on with me and we have sorted out things like medication and insurance and lifestyle choices, then that would be a point where I would feel more comfortable maybe readdressing the issue, but as it stands right now, you know, this 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 could potentially, if I don't handle it right, this could <clears throat> this could disable me. Mm -hmm. If I'm not super careful, I could well, I could die from it. Right, right. And I'm not prepared to put those things, my own personal health, up on the table on a bet or on a whim mm -hmm. because <clears throat> yeah I, I can ask for a certain amount of you know security from my two nesting partners but i'm not going to just step in and go okay well you know i have this so my other two potential partners can't also go and experience and live their life to the fullest i'm not going to do that right because that that's just not okay. That is selfish on the level that I think goes above and beyond. Well, Loki's back. Caring for myself. Hello, Loki. You gonna come hang out? He knocked on the door, wanted to come oh, join us. Very nice. <laughs> well, to address that kind of in a generic sense, what you mentioned, Bella, I have historically been shitty at communication as far as like long distance goes. Like, I talk to my dad once a year, maybe. Yeah. We're on good terms. But I just, you know, like, I'm so 
focused on what needs to happen to make life work right now. The here and the now. But I don't always mm-hmm. get on my phone and be like, you know who I haven't heard from in a long time? I'm going to message that person. Right. And even when times are good, like, I'm so busy making adventures, it's never that I want to, and I'm sure a lot of people feel this way, no matter who it is, like, it's never that you want to say, hey, I really don't want to talk to you. It's that life gets there and life's in the, you know, and, and you're, what, an hour, hour and a half? Yeah, about an hour and a half away. And while that's not really far in the scope of things, yeah. it's still like... It's not the same as having, like, your in-city buddies. Right, like, like hey, just it's over. 6 o'clock Tuesday afternoon, you want to go hang out and get a drink. No, Taco right. Tuesday. Taco right. Tuesday. You want to go get a taco? So, so as as much as I hate to say it, as as far as long distance communication goes, I'm terrible at it. Always have been. Um, I never expect the long distance person to be required to indulge my need for their existence. Right. And there have been times where I'm like, JJ, I want to talk to you. <laughs> right. But if it, <laughs> she grabs her phone. Let's see. But if it can't happen, that's okay. Yeah. And my hope, and it's not always the case, but my hope is that other people understand that my my distance communication isn't the best, and understand that I love you dearly, even if I'm not communicating on a regular basis. Yeah. But if every meeting thing I'm here, if ever. You want to come <laughs> hang out at the house and I'm at work? Just, you know, you know we have an open door policy. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like showing up tonight. Like, hey guys, uh, surprise! <laughs> we're in town and plans got put on hold. Like, can we come by, please? You're not yeah. doing anything on a Friday night, right? Nope. <laughs> that was not the thought. <laughs> that was not the thought. But I guess, I guess the thing is. Uh, Long story, slightly short, is that, <laughs> is that if I'm communicating with a person and I've got a good friendship with that person, I've got a good relationship with that person, that's never going to go away. Right. I mean, we could not talk for ages. I've got a girl I love dearly who lives in Florida. I've gotten to the point where I talk to her once every few months at best. Yeah. We send a serial killer thing back and forth, and we don't <laughs> talk again for a long time. Right. But if ever she was police like, "Hey, might, I need to talk to you," I'm police right might look at that and be like, "They only send each other serial killer things." Red flags. Well, the funny thing is, <laughs> we've ventured out of the mental world now. Yeah. Here I, <laughs> and that's fine. Here we are in Washington. There she is in Florida. Mm-hmm. We're like the starting point for Bundy. I was just like the destination. For Bundy. Yeah, yes. yeah. Let's avoid you That could be a road trip. Reasons. That's a good road We'll trip. do the Bundy road trip down to Florida. Stop in Utah, Colorado. I'm down. I'm down. Let's go. Let's go to this. Oh. I've got people that I want to see in Florida. I feel like this has to be a thing. Someone had to have mapped this out already. I guarantee it. We'll do. We'll totally do like a, like a serial killer no. um, podcast when it gets closer to Halloween. Oh my god, I can't imagine all the crazy Halloween podcasts we're gonna do. That's gonna be good. It's Joshua's and thing. She's gonna come back then. Well, yeah, of course. Okay. Thanks. So we did actually run long. Yeah. So let's let's uh, go ahead and kill this one. Woo. <laughs>
Serial killers, get it? Yeah, no, but I'm done. <laughs> Thank you. I do have a We need to yeah, sound effects. Board. I actually no. have some I can mix a little later. <laughs> Probably won't do it this time, but as we go along. <laughs> well, I do want to thank JJ, even though it was a spur of the moment thing, for opening up and talking about, even briefly, what's going on in your life. I know it's a sensitive subject. And no, that's fine. I would love to listen to you guys and you know, give you a little time to get some stuff off my chest. I really appreciate it. All the time in the world. Anytime. All the time, anytime. And we're actually going to spend a few issues working people into polyamory. And so this third episode yeah. that we're on yeah. was going to be a totally different subject. And then JJ pops into town and we're like, no, this is the dealer's <laughs> choice right now. This is like a special, a specialty episode for you. We had our first special, I, special guest. I'm the special. Yeah, you are the special. <laughs> In so many ways. Well, and now that that's said, we're gonna cut this off. So until next time. Thanks for listening, Polly and Pam. Bye, guys. We love you. <laughs> Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella and Monsada. You can find our Facebook page in the links or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right, and you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepoly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam, live like there's no tomorrow, laugh until it hurts, and, and love, love without, without limits. limits.